0: What's going on? What's happening? Welcome back. It's another edition of Ride Home Sports Talk with your man, T Brown. It is Tuesday, July 23rd. Hope everybody had a nice weekend. Hope everybody settled into the work week. Um, I'm just coming back. It's my first day at work, uh, back at work, just coming to a close. So we riding home in excruciatingly hot traffic out here broadcasting live from Phoenix, Arizona. Uh, many things are underway. Uh, the weekend gave us a few little interesting sports points. I just wanted to bring one out uh, in particular. Um, we had a nice boxing match take take place this weekend, uh, it appears. Um, in case everybody hasn't heard or hasn't caught that, Manny Pacquiao faced one Keith Thurman for the WBC Super Welterweight title. Uh, I really didn't read too much into this, honestly. Um, Wasn't sure which Pacquiao I was going to see. I remember watching him fight Jeff Horn. And Jeff Horn owned the home crowd because that fight was in his home country. And Manny Pacquiao got robbed. Uh, Boxing is in a different state from where I remember growing up uh, and where it was then. I grew up and I started gaining an interest in boxing when your man Mike Tyson was knocking everybody's lights out. Uh, But to see him... You know, lose the Buster Douglas in that fashion. I wasn't too sure how I felt about the boxing world uh, and whatnot. I'm not exactly sure what these guys do behind the scenes, but it always feels as if it's all just premeditated, worked out, straight up schemes behind the scenes for to get everybody's attention and to sort of just accumulate as much money for all parties involved. And it doesn't seem real enough. It seems like it's real WWE in some ways, in many shapes and forms, but that's just beside the point. Anyway, a wonderful fight was supposed to be uh, guaranteed to us by one Keith Thurman. This gentleman went on to continuously talk smack, talk stuff at press conferences. I missed every part of this, because this is where I start getting interested on fights. Typically when a boxer begins to start talking too much I usually start to take notice as to what he is actually going to produce come fight night. And my God, this dude continuously tried to tell us that he was going to end, in his words, Senator Pacquiao's boxing career and send him back to the Senate floor back in the Philippines. This dude was talking all kinds of smack. Like he don't know Manny Pacquiao can sometimes slip into that role where he's pac-man manny pacquiao so this gentleman keith thurman has had an, in, an an infallible record he was undefeated going into this fight keith thurman really really thought and really really tried to impress upon anybody willing to listen that he was going to practically end manny's pacquiao career in his own words uh so you go to the fight and the fight uh ensues round one Manny Pacquiao turned into Manny pac man Pacquiao. He put his hands on one Keith Thurman in vicious ways. Uh, Knocked this dude out first round. Bam. Thurman's on the ground. Back on the ground. Manny Pacquiao had absolute fun with this dude's face. Just... This dude looks like he got into a fight with a bag of nickels by the time Pacquiao really, really began to slow down. Uh, Pacquiao's at a point in his career where he knows how to fight, Thurman. He knows how to fight. I don't know what you might have thought you were going to do, but you didn't do it against Manny Pacquiao. I'm not sure what career you ended But if you ended one, you probably may have gotten a step closer to ending your own. Manny Pacquiao gave this guy all he could handle, showed him his speed. Manny took down the top WBC welterweight champion. Why is Manny Pacquiao still whooping people's behind? It's beyond me. But I'm not the dude that's going to sleep on him. I'm not exactly the guy that's going to bet on him. But look here, man. I am not under any circumstances about to doubt Manny Pacquiao on on no way, shape, or form until I see him catch another Manuel Marquez in the face. That's the only way I'm going to doubt him. That's the only thing that shocked me about Manny is the way in which he got knocked out by Juan Manuel Marquez in 2012. That shocked me. I never thought I'd see that happen to Pacquiao, but every so often a boxer goes in and catches the right one, but Manny ain't caught one since then. Manuel just had a good night that night because Manny has looked fairly decent. He hasn't looked beatable in any of his fights. He gave Mayweather all he could handle. uh, That fight should have happened years ago, but after enough speculation and trying to prove who was doping and who wasn't, by the time we got that fight, we were thoroughly disinterested in it. But Manny Pacquiao defeats Keith Thurman by a split decision. Uh, Thurman began to come on later on in that fight, but I think he was so behind in the cards, it was far too late. Manny began to show signs of where uh, around, ra- around, around 6, 7, or 8, he began to slow down, and Thurman began to show his youth and try to impose something, but it was far too late for him to try to inter- interject himself into that round. The only way he may have won it at that point was if he can try to knock out Pacquiao, which Pacquiao is still talented enough to avoid from his opponent. So Manny Pacquiao wins in a split decision. He wins the super welterweight title, WBA super welterweight title. I'm not sure if this is something new for Manny Pacquiao. I'm not sure if it's a a new experience being a champion. I doubt that it is because Manny Pacquiao has been a champion before. I don't think this breaks his record. I think he's always held the welterweight title. But I think he's given it up at some point, and I think he just regained one of them with defeating Keith Thurman. So that was a pretty good fight. Other than that, it was a pretty routine weekend, uh, pretty routine baseball, not too much going on in baseball. I'm a type of guy that doesn't really pay much attention to what baseball is doing until about all late August, late August, because September is obviously the month where If these teams are going to make a run at the MLB postseason, September is the month to either solidify it or to make a late run at it. So I really don't start keying in on baseball until probably early to mid August. And then I really put myself into it uh, late August because I I know by then, baseball's turning the corner at being very interesting. It's not just a whole bunch of games anymore. These teams are vying for a position these teams are trying to close out their divisions. These teams are trying to close out wild cards and whatnot. Uh, and it's very interesting to watch uh, that that baseball, that particular point in the season in baseball. So the MLB I'll always give some updates on, but it's at that point in the season where I'm just, I sort of just take an occasional glance at it and look, and look forward to better baseball down the road. Um, once again, we're experiencing more holdout talks plenty of that now it's official that zeke is very interested in holding out transitioning to the nfl sorry about that but transitioning to the nfl news uh i'm hearing that zeke is going to quite possibly still hold out that talk hasn't gotten away it looks like with the melvin gordon situation uh those talks haven't improved so we're seeing training camp begin in the next few days and We're still at the same point we were last week with the contract situations for both Ezekiel Elliott and for both Melvin Gordon III for their respective teams. Uh, I see Melvin's situation being exactly where it was. I see Zeke's situation staying exactly where it is. Still, after a week of speculation, after a week of media interest, as I like to call it, nothing is going to change for these guys. They're still going to be representing... uh, their teams at running back when it's all said and done later on in this year. Uh, except Melvin's going to have a contract and Zeke is still going to be waiting for one. Um, so that's where that's going to be. Uh, the NFL has been interesting uh, leading up to the beginning of training camps. Uh, I begin. I think a lot of camps have begun what they're going through and, and they'll begun what they're, they're, you know, their things. A lot of the things are happening. happening. The highlight of my day though in terms of NFL news was hearing that Mark Sanchez has decided to hang up his cleats after 10, quote, glorious seasons, unquote, in the NFL. Hey, first and foremost, shout out to a guy that's been able to play 10 years in the league. I haven't been able to do that, so I I ain't gonna make fun of anybody that has done so. But Mark Sanchez came into the league pretty hot, spent the last eight years of his 10 trying to figure out where he could fit in and never fit anywhere. He will go down in history as probably the the only thing going down in history with, with Mark Sanchez is the butt fumble. Let's be honest about it. The infamous butt fumble on Thanksgiving where he runs into the rear end of his own teammate on the offensive line fumbles the ball that ball is scooped up and return defensively for a touchdown. Probably the most exotically scored defensive touchdown you will ever have footage of seeing. Hilarious to me still to this day that that happened. But hey, poor Mark Sanchez is going to be uh, in the record books for the wrong reasons. That's probably the first teammate-caused fumble on Thanksgiving that ridiculous we're ever going to see. Poor guy. But congratulations on an NFL career, Uh, he's transitioning to what the media is reporting to a career as a college football analyst, which might be exactly where he needs to be. He's still a handsome face uh, in front of a camera, and uh, everything's going to pretty much wrap up for him in terms of the NFL, and he's going to be transitioning to a career where college football is now his niche, and now his, his point of discussion. All the best of luck, Mark Sanchez, to that kind of thing going on right there. More reports from the NFL. Um, It looks like the Dallas Cowboys made a headline. It appears that they have cut wide receiver Alan Hearns. If you don't remember what happened to Alan Hearns last year, uh, a quick refresher. Alan Hearns uh, catches the football in the Dallas versus Seattle Seahawks playoff game, and suffered a gruesome gruesome knee injury, excuse me, not knee, gruesome ankle injury, broke his leg. You can clearly see his foot incorrectly turned in the wrong direction. It was very, very hideous and stomach-curdling to watch. I remember seeing this myself when it was occurring. But alas, Alan Hearns has found his way back into the free market. Uh, I guess it came down to money. Um, It came down to to the cap space. And it's a business at the end of the day. I don't think they felt anything personal with him in terms of his health, that he wouldn't be ready. According to the reports, he was ready to rock and roll for training camp. But I think maybe Dallas uh, sees more dynamicness with Randall Cobb or sees more dynamicness with the wide receiver core and just needed to save $5 million in cap space for whatever reason. In my opinion, maybe that's a little bit too early. I would like for them to hang on all the experience they need at wide receiver because you never know when you're going to need this guy. You go through training camps, you go through these preseason games, and by the time you're ready for the season, you've got a a whittled down team and you're going to be looking for experience at wide receiver and it may or may not be there depending on what you're working with. Whatever Whatever NFL roster is out there. So... Alan Hearns was a seasoned NFL veteran, uh, and he will find his way on another roster, believe it or not. But Alan Hearns, thank you for your service for the Dallas Cowboys. Um, wish something could have been worked out in terms of money, but it's a business, brother. Uh, best of luck to you. And hopefully you will be finding yourself on another NFL roster in the time to come. They're slowly but surely coming out with these top 100 players of 2019, um, I wanna definitely do a show on that once that list has been compiled. Uh, I've got plenty of players that I like to talk about uh, within that top 100 of last year, according to how they did. I like to see where they rank everybody uh, and definitely wanna see where they rank a few players that I tend to think of as my favorite players, offensively and defensively, I like a lot of them. Um, But we're gonna see what they do in terms of all of that good stuff there um I guess the Redskins newly acquired safety Landon Collins uh doesn't think too highly of his team. According to his interviews, he's been refusing to call the New York Giants by their name, the New York Giants. He refers to him as quote that other team I played for. Not sure what exactly he's planning on accomplishing by this, but I guess it's putting a bitter player's feelings on display, uh, and then I don't—I don't really think there's any time for that. Like, if you really, really are serious about moving on with your career, do just that, man. Move on. The Giants did you dirty. They didn't—they didn't—they didn't offer you a deal. Uh, they released you. Their entire front office decision making has been questionable, in my opinion, and letting a great player like Landon Collins hit the street is just another example of that poor decision-making ability by the Giants front office, by the Giants general manager. Um, Giants fans would are, are hating these moves from what I gather, and from what I read in social media, for, from, the, from the consensus of the Giants players, from the consensus of the Giants fan base. They're not too thrilled about all of these moves by the, the Odell Beckham rolling out, by the hanging on to Eli, by a lot of things Aren't going the Giants' way, which is why I don't exactly fear what they bring to the table for this 2019. But make no mistake, I'll be ready for anything if I see it. Uh, if we don't, if we don't come to play against any NFL team, we can get beat. And by we, I mean the Dallas Cowboys. That's my team. Um, I see them being able to defeat many teams on their schedule, but we play the game for a reason. Every Sunday. These teams lace it up and the better team will prevail. Might not always be the Cowboys, might be their opponent. They've gotta be ready the same way everybody else does. So, Landon Collins, get over it. You know, they didn't offer you the money you felt you deserved. Uh, Hopefully you have received somewhat of that from a division rival and what better way to show your old team what time it is by playing them twice and showing them, guarantee you're gonna see them twice. Go show them what time it is. Don't talk to the media about it. Don't don't publicly acknowledge that you don't acknowledge them. You know, all you gotta do is go out there and show them why they should have paid you the money you were supposed to make. And you let them have it when their offense is on the field. Because I guarantee you one thing, they don't have a good wide receiver core. Golden Tate, Sterling Shepard are, in my opinion, very serviceable number two wide receivers. There's no definitive number one wide receiver today on the Giants roster. And many, many teams are going to be able to exploit that. So if uh, if I'm defenses and facing the New York Giants, I'm just practically trying to come after their quarterback, putting him in a position where he's gotta beat us, not anybody else because they don't have Odell Beckham. Evan Ingram is a questionable threat. If he's able to stay healthy and get open and if Eli is able to get him the football, maybe he can help them move the chains to some capacity. Golden Tate is quick, but him and Eli, this is their first year together going into this season. Not exactly sure how those two's chemistry is going to work. Eli has the best chemistry with Sterling Shepard and probably anybody else that's on the roster from last year. So Giants are in questionable shape. I'm not sure how that's going to work out ultimately in the end. But, hey, who knows? Who knows? My goodness. Who knows? As we roll on on this wonderful, glorious Tuesday, July 23rd, the Ride Home Sports Talk with your man T. Brown. Uh, it's gonna be a pretty interesting week in terms of, uh, maybe the NBA again. The NBA is just coming around with a few little things. Something interesting happened I wanted to point out to real quick before I let y'all go. Is, uh, I I really like this piece of news right here. Um, Tim Duncan has found his way back to the Spurs, but not as a player, but as an assistant coach. The Spurs have officially hired Tim Duncan. Will Hardy and Tim Duncan will be added to Greg Popovich's bench as assistant coaches. I think this is the coolest thing ever for one Tim Duncan, man. If you are a young, up-and-coming center or power forward, um, listening to the knowledge that comes out of Tim Duncan's head is more than beneficial for you. Um, the, The Spurs have everything to gain by letting TD sit down and work with that young core group and put precious tidbits of championship caliber information into their head so they can play basketball the right way. As a local hometown supporter of the Phoenix Suns, I will be the first to tell you how much I dislike the San Antonio Spurs, but mainly it's for ending the Suns run. Every time the Suns looked good, or got close to winning, or just had to get over the hump of the Spurs, beating the Spurs, they've only been able to do that a minute amount of times in comparison to how often the Spurs sent the Suns home, uh, figuratively and and in the postseason. Spurs were just historic Suns killers. But their return to prominence, uh, if ever it happens, will we'll have to be now aided by Tim Duncan as an assistant coach and I enjoy this move. This is Greg Popovich being the genius that he is. He has seen Tim Duncan uh, impart his wisdom and knowledge upon players as a player himself. He was the the, the, oh, the elder statesman for them for many years. Why not hand him a role like this so you can have that at your advantage in, in the games to follow. So for the Spurs, going into this season with Tim Duncan back with the team full-time as a head coach, that gives the Spurs an advantage uh, anytime they need one, especially in the postseason where Tim Duncan's going to be working with Aldridge. Tim Duncan's going to be working with the bigs of of the Spurs and imparting his game knowledge uh, and helping that team win precious, valuable basketball games late in the year. I'm, I'm, I'm all for that move. If I'm a Spurs fan, I'm hella excited to see Tim Duncan be a coach for my team. Uh, I wouldn't turn him down as a coach for my team. That's a whole lot of knowledge from a man who has played countless postseason games. From a former Finals MVP, from a former NBA MVP. Great player. I want him working with my power forwards and centers. And I wish Tim Duncan good luck in his journey back to the Spurs as an assistant coach. Really cool news to see that happen. Uh, and I hope uh, this translates into great things because the Spurs are going to need all the help they can get going into a loaded, a season loaded full of great Western Conference teams. They've got a little bit of edge in coaching, so they could use that. Um, I guess it's going to wrap it up for today. A uh, Real quick week review, nothing major, nothing crazy. Just wanted to get everybody moving in on sports. We're getting closer and closer to the NFL season. I'm excited about this. Uh, tomorrow, maybe we'll, we'll we'll pick a few teams to talk about in every division throughout the week as we get ready for training camp. Uh, training camp for Dallas Cowboys starts, I believe, on July 26th, uh, about three days from now. On this Friday, uh, it's going to be exciting to see every team get back out on the field, lace up. All these guys that have moved around, all these players that were drafted are going to hit the field for the first time uh, and, and begin to get to know their playbooks, uh, get to know where they fit into the scheme of things. And uh, next thing you know, we're going to be looking up, it's going to be NFL preseason, man, uh, which is what I don't really care about in particular in terms of the numbers and the games and who wins and who loses and who beats who. None of that stuff means anything. It's We're, we're just trying to figure out, most teams anyway, are just trying to figure out who they're going to start the season with. And who they're going to be having on practice squads uh, from that point on. So, it's getting close. Hope y'all enjoyed the show. Tune in tomorrow where we're going to be still following up on any more recent sports news. And I will give y'all my take uh, on the training camps. And I'm going to give y'all my take tomorrow on a few teams I'm going to handpick probably tonight. Uh, We're going to talk about the Falcons. We're going to talk about the Browns. We're going to talk about uh, where Green Bay is going to be. I'm going to try to hit all over the league on on different teams and see what we can dig up. Thanks for tuning in. Welcome, once again, to another edition of Ride Home Sports Talk with your man, T. Brown. I'll catch y'all later, man. Take care. Bless up.